from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth Assal, and today it's my pleasure to be talking to Michelle Stillmetta, the author of a new book, Silent Sacrifice on the Homefront. Michelle, thank you for talking to me today. Thanks for having me. And tell me all about your book. You are a military spouse. Your husband's been in the Air Force for, what, 17 years? Actually, 27 years this May. We've been married uh, 19 of those. And you've moved around quite a bit about it during yes, that Yes, um, we've moved together 10 times, and then he had a few moves on top of that before we met. So so what is the silent sacrifice on the home front that you're writing about? Yeah, so my focus is on military spouse employment in particular. Um, we all know as military spouses that it's a complicated, wonderful, uh, chaotic life. And one aspect of that is how to um, make that work if you are a spouse that wants employment as part of your life. And I call that silent sacrifice because um, the reality is that we know now the majority of military spouses would like to work if they could fit that into their lives. Um, But many, the most of us struggle with doing that at the level that we would like with all of the moving around and the demands of military life. And the silent part comes from, in the research I did with military spouses, so many of them, if not all of them, telling me they really don't share the toll that this aspect takes on them. They don't share it with their own partner sometimes. They don't share it with their friends or family. And it's something that we keep as a personal kind of loss that we've either sacrificed a career or made significant compromises that we wish we didn't have to make. When we hear about heroism in the military, we usually hear about the men and women on the front lines, the ones who are wounded and killed. We hardly hear anything about the sacrifices that the spouses make at home. Well, and that's a great point because uh, many of the, the spouses that I spoke to essentially said, the reason I don't talk about this is because I feel like I don't have a right to when I'm married to someone willing to die for their country I shouldn't complain about losing a career. Like those two things don't seem like they're on the same level. But in my mind, it really shouldn't be a contrast. It shouldn't be an either or. You should be able to do both. You should be able to support and be proud of your service member and allow them to serve um, fully and completely while not having to sacrifice your own path at the same time. And we're talking more than just about employment we're talking about vocation you have a vocation absolutely and so let's go there tell me about your background and what is your career your vocation sure so my vocation is a management consultant i married my husband a little bit later in life i was already in my 30s with an established career and i uh, essentially do organization development consulting and executive coaching Uh, sort of a fancy way of saying I help organizations through change and be more effective and work with leaders to manage that change and lead that change effectively. So that's always been my focus. And 
I think the connection to this work for me is not just personal, but also really having a deep interest in how work provides meaning in all of our lives and how we navigate the pool of all the various roles in our life to find a healthy and whole integration between work and life for who we are as people, um, spiritually and uh, personally and family-wise, and, and make sure that that package fits so that we can be the people God called us to be. And it's hard not to feel like you're playing second fiddle when uh, your spouse is deployed and has to take orders to move here, there, and yonder. Sure. And um, I love one of the phrases um, someone told me in their interview was, I'm a married single mom. That that was, you know, I'm, I'm both married, but also handling this by myself a lot of the time. And I notice in your book, you talk about the three M's. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes. So that is the framework that holds this together. And my book is essentially a collection of stories that I did in my dissertation research with Air Force spouses when we were based in Germany at Ramstein. And the three M's that came out of these stories are really the idea that what I saw was spouses who found an effective way to fit employment and career did it in a mindful way that um, also focused on their marriage their mothering role and fathering role, if that applies, and military life. So those three M's are saying it's not just about finding a job or landing a job, but it's about fitting a career into the other aspects of your life. So the the marriage concept is making sure you and your spouse are on the same page about what your each of your goals are career-wise and also how that fits together. Because if you're both all in, so how are you going to divide up the, the household pieces. Uh, similarly on parenting, not just being on the same page with your spouse, but being in touch with your own preferences as a parent. If you believe you want to be present, but you're also saying, I want to be a full-time attorney and work 60 hours a week, you know, how do you reconcile that? Or on the flip side, are you somebody that feels like you're a better parent if you go away to a job and come back and have that, that quality time? A lot of times, I think in our society, we're given a lot of mixed messages about what being a good mother is. And it's really important, I think, to reflect as an individual what your priorities are and how, you, how that fits together for you. And then on the military life, the third M, it's understanding what's going to be required of your service member in terms of deployments, TDYs, um, and PCSs as well. You know, what is, are you going to have a relatively stable kind of life? Or, and also just work schedule. You know, are you married to somebody that's working crazy shifts? Or are you somebody that's home at 4.30 so you can actually share that responsibility? Um, just taking a look at truly what's required of your military life and what that's going to impact for you. So just to spell them out, what are the three M's? So the three M's are marriage, motherhood, and military life. And the challenge is to balance all that. Yeah, and I I would say integrate more than balance. Um, I think balance assumes there's sort of a um, you know a, a trade off among them. Really, it's about finding fit, finding a way that those pieces fit together. And um, you know, I'll give you one quick example from the book. Um, one of the women I interviewed was somebody I call Vanessa, and all of the names in the book are 
made up by me to protect some um, confidentiality. But Vanessa was somebody who had always thought she would be a stay-at-home mom while her kids were little. Um, so she started out on that path and thought it was a, the right thing to do for her. So she was very careful about making that choice. Um, and then her husband started getting deployed back-to-back uh, to Afghanistan, and she found herself being that married single mom um, and realized she needed some outlet for herself. And so she, some friends encouraged her to start a photography business. And so she did that all the while while doing it only in a way that didn't uh, you know, take away from her ability to be home with her kids. So doing it during hours where it worked for her and also leveraging the military life piece by catering to other military families with her photography business and marketing in that way. And she felt really fulfilled in that her husband supported her. It met kind of a need she had of being separated from him, so she had something for herself. It fit her parenting priorities, and it fit her military life because it was a business she could take with her from assignment to assignment and installation to installation. So um, a success story that she didn't necessarily set out to achieve, but it worked because she really looked at each of those pieces. So how many spouses did you interview in your book? So in the book, there are 21 stories. And are they all Air Force? They are all Air Force. So this is an output of, again, my dissertation study. So I had to do sort of a focused population. So they're all Air Force spouses. And what they have in common is they all said they would like to work if they could. And there's a combination of those who have worked more than others. So really the full range of what they were able to achieve and all sorts of ranks and uh, length of time in the Air Force, everything from six months to 28 years. So kind of a flavor of what you can experience. So this book started out as a dissertation. Right, right. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, before I had any inkling of doing any work in this area, I had decided to go back to school for my PhD as a way of making my own career work. I wanted to pursue independent consulting and have more flexibility and went back to school while my own kids were little and I needed something that fit that kind of lifestyle. Um, And in uh, needing to pick a research focus, wanted to again get into something that had to do with the role of work in our lives and the meaning that we achieve from work. And without even thinking about it, one of my uh, mentors reflected back to me, maybe you should focus on people like you, military spouses that have to grapple with that. And I had really kind of arrogantly assumed that most spouses didn't care about that, that somehow I was unique or different in that way. Because again, I, I grew up in a military culture where that was not spoken about. That career was not something that was put forward or assumed that spouses uh, valued. And once I started getting into the research, I realized how clearly I was wrong, that even the women I interviewed who on the surface you might think were just another mom on the playground or someone pushing a stroller were actually um, lawyers and engineers and financial professionals and um, all sorts of people with interests that they had put on the back burner so that they could live this life. And that's where um, this research came from, from those interviews. And As I said, I did interview Air Force spouses because of where we were located. And I was also interested at Ramstein in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, I also focused on female spouses 
because I wanted to look at the intersection of gender roles in particular in this study. So I recognize that certainly um, male spouses have the same sorts of challenges in terms of maintaining career and employment. Um, but I was looking specifically at some of those gender issues. And as much as the military is changing in terms of um, more representation of women, we still have a spouse population that's 92% female. So that it has been slow to change over time. Did you do any research on how male spouses fare? I did not include that in my own research, but I have looked at what other studies have shown on that. And in terms of employment outcomes, they do a little bit better. Um, so just as a reference point, on average, female military spouses earn about 50% of what civilian military, uh, not civilian military, it makes no sense, civilian <laughs> female uh, wives earn. So relatively speaking, we make about half of what our civilian counterparts make. Male military spouses make about 70% of what male civilians earn. So there's certainly um, a deficit. It's not quite as big. Um, and I would subscribe they don't uh, have as much of the gender norms to contend with. It's a little bit uh, more acceptable for a woman still to stay home and not work than it is for a man. So they are um, less likely to be in that boat. And I gather you did go ahead and get your Ph.D.? I did. And uh, where did you get your Ph.D. and what is, what is it in? So my doctorate's in Human and Organizational Systems from Fielding Graduate University, which is a tiny school that focuses particularly on organization development and psychology. So I should have introduced you as Dr. Michelle still. Now. <laughs> right. What's your advice to that listener out there, the spouse, dealing with these problems? How to, how to resolve the sense of the lack of fulfillment, lack of employment, lack of ability to pursue your vocation while married yeah. to a service person. Well, one thing I would say is go easy on yourself. I think that especially at the beginning of this journey, um, it can be a little bit of a shock. I think sort of the natural cycle is we go in in love and optimistic and we think we can conquer the world. And then after a couple of assignments, maybe realize it's not as easy as we thought it would be. Um, and then there's kind of, then there's a decision point where it's, do I change, how do I adjust and make this work? And my advice would be to think of it in two or three year increments rather than trying to figure out your whole life. Military life is already organized that way for many of us. So if that's the case for you, sort of give yourself permission to think in small chunks. You know, what works for you within the next two year span, what's your goal going to be and what's your focus going to be? And use that 3M to figure out an approach that will work for your marriage, motherhood and military life. Having said that, I sort of think it's important to hold a long-term picture as well. So come up with a plan that you can live with for two years and test it out, but also sort of have an idea of how that might fit over the long run. Because I think the most exhausting thing for spouses are, is the strategy of continually job searching and for each assignment trying to find something new or reinvent yourself. If you can really come up with a path that is either portable or not connected to those geographic moves, you know, an employer that will allow you to work in multiple locations, 
or working for yourself in some capacity, finding a way that doesn't force you to start over with each move is really a deal breaker. Can you share some of the stories that you report in your book about people who had an especially difficult time making all this work? Mm, sure. So um, a couple of stories come to mind. Um, one is Maria, who had been an attorney when she first got married and uh, came from Puerto Rico. So she was actually a prosecutor at the time, quite successful and in a pretty prestigious uh, position that she had worked hard for. And when she got married, her family basically said, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> like you're going to give this all up just for love. And she basically said, don't worry, I'm going to follow this guy and he's the one and I'll figure out the job thing around it because I'm smart enough and I'm capable enough. But what that required of her was that with each state they moved to, she had to study and sit for the bar in each state. And if you have a two-year assignment, that takes up a pretty good chunk of that assignment. You know, six months studying, then taking the bar, and then looking for a job. And it takes those bar results about three months to get back anyway. Yes. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's all so you you know. Um, so it, she did that uh, first, I think, in Florida, and then in Texas, and then they moved to a third state. And she was about to go through the process again and found out she was pregnant and was still didn't change her plan, except that she started uh, feeling really ill and was not able to take the bar exam because she just was physically incapable of doing so. And she said it was like failing for the first time in her life. And she had a really hard time what she said, forgiving herself because she felt like this was an expectation that she should be able to maintain her career but essentially just the circumstances didn't allow for it. And so she uh, decided for the next several years to be a stay-at-home mom and put her focus there. And logically that made sense to her, but it still was very painful and uh, an issue where she felt, again, didn't know what to do with that feeling of failure and having sort of been taken down from being this very prestigious, successful lawyer to being a stay-at-home mom that wasn't really her plan by design. So how did she work through that? Well, I think she was still working through that when I met with her. At the time, her daughter was about five, I think. So she'd been doing this for about five years and was trying to find ways to still get back into her profession that maybe wasn't about um, working full-time at a law firm anymore. Uh, but honestly, I think she was grappling with that and trying to figure out what a path forward might be. Michelle Still Meta, Ph.D., author of the new book, Silent Sacrifice on the Home Front. Military spouses share their quests to fit career with marriage, motherhood, and military life. You can order the book on Amazon. Michelle, thank you so much for talking to me today. 